Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your hostess, Barbara Barnett, and I want to welcome everyone tonight. It's hot. It's gotten, all of a sudden, it's gotten really hot in Chicago. It was like 90 today. It hasn't been 90 all year, all summer. And now, all of a sudden, it's really, really, really hot. Yowchies. Um, So, it's a really hot, sultry summer night. And we are here to talk about Once Upon a Time's uh, fourth episode of Season 2, Crocodile. So get your friends in to the chat room, get them in uh, to the queue to talk about uh, the show, to talk about the episode. And my prevailing question of the evening is going to be when we get to Once Upon a Time in a few minutes. So you've got time. Go get your friends and drag them in here from Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. But my question is, did Mila deserve what she got? No one so don't, don't answer it. Don't, okay. answer it. don't answer it. Don't answer it. We'll okay. get there. Because I have a whole like, thing. Because I watched, I watched The Crocodile again today. I really love that episode. I really oh, yeah. love that it's such a great episode. And um, there's just so much rich stuff in it. Um, and it's, like, so cool because I love, like, Hook and, and uh, Rumpel together. It's mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of cool. I'm sure there's a whole literature of slash fiction about them, but I won't go there. Because <laughs> um, I'm not really a slashy kind of person, but I'm sure it's out there. Um, I would never... Where what? Oh, where what? Suanich is, is asking where, where what? She asks, asks where the host. Where? This, there's the slash fiction? Well, if you go to fanfiction.net or you just only, like, if you if you Google, um, I was going to say SGU, but it's not it's wrong fandom. If you Google Once Upon a Time fan fiction slash, I would almost guarantee you that there's Hook Rumpel slash fiction somewhere. I personally haven't read any. Um, I haven't written any. I haven't written. You know what? That's that's true. I haven't written any fan fiction for the Once Upon a Time uh, fandom, which is interesting. I I wrote. You know, I wrote a lot of fan fiction for X Files, and for House, I've got droves of House fan fiction, and I have um, one. WIP work in progress fiction offers uh, SGU, Stargate Universe. But I've not written anything for Once Upon a Time. I think that was because I started writing, like, really professionally and kind of said, you know what, I really can't be writing fan fiction. And in addition to that, I talked to far too many TV writers. And I just can't do that. So anyway, um ha, huh, I need to get more fr- more I need to get more into house. Oh, Suanich, yes, yes, you must get more into house and you have to buy the book. So if you want to really get into house, you have to go to Amazon.com, buy Chasing Zebras, the unofficial guide to house, which is okay, I can't say this myself. Is it not the best house book out there? 
So that's what I read for sure. Okay. So, so you heard it from Jimmy, who is Jerome <laughs> Wetzel TV, who writes for Blog Critic. Not that he works for me or anything. <laughs> well, mainly it's also the only house book I've read. However, I greatly enjoyed it. I did greatly enjoy it. Uh, that was very cool and very insightful. It made me look at the show a different way. Well, thank you. That was what the idea was. Um, so we're also sponsored tonight by Wireless One Marketing. So if you need an app, they're very cool to have. Um, oh, I looked for it, but not – yes, it is. It, oh, it is available for Nook. It absolutely is available for Nook. Um, it only came out on Nook about six or eight months ago, I think. So – if you go to the Barnes and Noble site, you should be able to get it on Nook. I be, I'm almost, I'm almost 100% positive that it's now on Nook. Um, it's hasn't the Nook been discontinued, or is it just the Nook tablet? So hasn't the Nook been discontinued, or is it just the Nook tablet? I don't know. So wait a second. So guys, talk amongst yourselves a minute, because I'm going to actually look here um, and see if it's available. See, I don't even keep oh, up on my own book. Right. Isn't that terrible? Um, I mean, there's probably still books for it, but I think the Nook, uh, yeah, Nook they're dying. Yeah, it is available. Yes, it's totally yeah. available in Nook. Um, it is, and I'm going to put the um, put the the link on. So hang on a sec, guys. Hang on, hang on. Here is the link to get it um, in uh, in Nook. So if you want to oh, get Chase cool. Zebra to Nook, there it is. Um, so it's absolutely available. Um, weird. So go grab it. Definitely, definitely do that. Um, it's it's available, by the way. It's available not only in Nook. It's available in iBooks. It's available uh, for Kindle. It's available in Moby Pocket. It's available in EPUB and PDF and actually in paperback, <laughs> trade paperback. <laughs> In trade paperback, it's available, and it's available in English, it's available in Espanol, and it is available in Francais, and I did not do the translations. And I believe it's available in Russian. I've not seen it in Russian, but I hear tell, and I have gotten royalties in Russian, so not in rubles, though, but I have gotten, um, an, I think, an advance payment. Uh, for the Russian version. So anyway, so yes, grab a copy of that. Um, if you're into that into house, you should definitely have a copy of uh, Chasing Zebras. So let's see what's going on. Oh, Ray Donovan. Anyone see Ray Donovan last night? No, I am. It took a little more show time. What what? Um, what? ER though. Time Warner, Time Warner took away my showtime, so I'm not <gasps> able to watch Dexter and Ray Donovan right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Dexter was so good. Oh, my goodness. took away your showtime? Yeah, because they're in a fight with CBS over funds. Uh, oh, so your cable your cable bro- uh, provider doesn't have it? <gasps> right. They, they, uh, I still have CBS, and I'm guessing it's because we're in the process of the Time Warner bought my cable provider, so I'm in the process of moving to Time uh, Warner, not by choice, by force. No. And um, they, they, so I still have CBS, but they took away Showtime, even though you know we pay a special premium fee for Showtime. Boo hiss! Oh, I'm furious! I'm furious! It's been going for three years. I would be. TV. Well, yeah, you were tweeting about that the other the other day. I, I mean, it's you so were, you were, you were. You know, and and yeah. you know, people complain about Comcast slash Xfinity.
infinity. I still haven't figured out what the difference between the two are. I think they're synonyms. Um, I've never heard of a company that had synonyms, but it's, I think it's the same company. In fact, I know it's the same company. Um, but people complain about Xfinity and Comcast, and you want to know something. I've had Comcast for a billion years, and we've almost never had an outage, almost never, ever had a cable outage, only when the power's gone out and we've had, like, bad storms and stuff. But I've never, I, I think in the last 10 years, we've had one cable. And now watch what's going to happen. We're going to have an outage. Um, but we've only had <laughs> one cable it outage. Starts. It's like in, in Yiddish, it's saying, you know, giving it an ahura and don't even ask. Sure. Um, but so anyway, so, but we haven't had an outage in like 10 years. Customer service is brilliant. Um, and, uh, it's always like an American, you know, how sometimes you like do customer service and they just don't understand you or you don't understand them mm-hmm. or both. That's uh, like my big soapbox thing. But no, with, I Com- <laughs> I, I, with Comcast, you call into customer service. You almost always have to wait less than a couple minutes. And even if you call it, you know, and if you call it like three in the morning, they're like there. It's like the coolest thing. You could call it like three in the morning and order a new service or complain or whatever. I mean, it's they're great. So, and and they all it's like always like a U.S. guy or a Canadian, somebody who speaks English. So, and I'm not. I mean, I am the last person who would have any sort of, you know, ethnic thing against right. any ethnic group. But you know what? When I need customer service, I want to be understood. And I want to understand and not have some guy read me canned responses. They're not actually listening to me. So that's my soapbox. Completely agree. Completely. So, but with Comcast, but with Comcast, it's always like somebody who understands me. They're always quick. They're always courteous. And we've not had an outage. And our internet service, I get 50, I get, what is it? I think I usually clock when I do a speed test, I get close to 80 megabytes per second. Mm-hmm. which is really fast. It's actually supposed to be rated at 105 megabits per second, but it's it, I usually get close to 80, 90, uh, which is really, really fast. Um, we pay a lot for our Internet, but we have so many things connected to our wire, and we have like an eight, you know, um, oh, yeah. AC, you know, the, the AC standard of uh, routers, mm-hmm. because we have mm-hmm. so many, we've got two computers, Television, a blue because our television is now wireless network. Uh, a Blu-ray, our Bose, which is also connected to the internet. Um, headphones. <laughs> Can I count the way? Oh, and iPads and phones and iPods and Galaxy Notes. I have a Galaxy Note. I'm so excited. Um, and they're all connected to our wireless network, so we have to have like this really big pipeline. So, but, but I've been really, really, um, Hey zombies, I know you're in the law in line. Um, (laughs) and thank you for posting the your review, um, link. That's very great. It's great. Um, and hopefully I'll get to bring you onto the line later. So we'll see what the timing is like. Um, so you didn't see Ray Donovan last night. Well, I won't tell you guys about it because you have No, I have I have it on well, I haven't watched it yet. It's on my DVR. It was pretty stunning. You know it was it good? It was it was good. Liev Schreiber is just yeah, always. I love him. 
fucking um, brilliant. I mean, he's he, there's is there anything he can't do? I mean, yeah. I he's just you know. I always say this about British actors. You know, I'm like. They can, you know, they're chameleons and they can play anything because they're they they're not ever playing themselves. And um, yeah, they bring little bits and pieces of themselves. But he's such a chameleon, and that's so yeah. unusual, I think, for an American actor um, to be such a chameleon, to be a real genuine character actor. I mean, there are a lot of character actors, you know, people we call character actors, and but we all they always play the same character. You know what I mean? Especially on TV mm-hmm. or even in the movies. Yeah. Like, you know, like Randy Quaid, right? He's a character oh, actor. He always plays the same yeah. character, you know? Um, character, But then there are character actors that literally can play any character. Yeah. And I think Liev Schreiber is one of those. Um, Edward Norton is another one, yeah. I think. Um, although Edward Norton can kind of get into his groove of playing the same kind of guy, um, so he's he's pretty good. I mean, he but but Liev Schreiber is amazing. Jean Voight is just terrifying in this role. <laughs> he's yeah. just terrifying. He's so charming, and it's like so he's so slimy. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> he's abandoned everything basically. <laughs> He's like he really, it so, but there is a know, horror, oh my god, there is, well, there are, I have to tell you, there are two murders in last night's oh. show. Oh, no, okay. I won't tell okay. you anything more than no, that. No, don't tell me who it is. Uh, no, but I, yeah. Yes, oh, oh. okay, Swanach, um, or Swanach. She told me how to pronounce her name. Um, Gary Oldman. Well, see, he's British. See, see I can list you. Ten British actors, who, at least, who can play any role. I mean, that's yep. really easy for me to find. You know, a John Gilgood. I mean, John Gilgood can play anything. You know, from comedy <laughs> to Obi One Kenobi, um, to, you know, to 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 anything. And you know, and and Ray Fiennes, um, uh, Ooh, Alan Rickman. You know, although Ray Fiennes usually gets typecast as being the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he can play I mean, have you guys speaking of Ray Fines, um, have you ever seen the movie Oscar and Lucinda? No. No, I never did see that. Okay. Oscar and Lucinda is um by uh yes, Gary Oldman. Katie said a big yes on Gary Oldman, who has played a lot of Americans. I mean, I would say that quite a few British actors can do a pretty flawless American, um, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, but okay, so rate so so Oscar and Lucinda is um Kate Blanchett and Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. And it is such Which one plays a- Oscar and which one plays Lucinda? <laughs> Ray Fiennes plays Oscar, and and um, and Kate Blanchett plays Lucinda, and I'm I'm the uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw this up because I want to. J- Julian Armstrong directed it, and it is uh, it's based on Peter Carey's novel, and it stars Ray Fiennes and Kate Blanchett and. Okay, I cannot pronounce his name. I hate these. I hate pronouncing names that are in Gaelic. Um, I'm going to screw this up. 
Chiaran, 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 C-I-A-R-A with the accent N, Hins. And I cannot pronounce his name because I do not know if it's a hard C or a soft C. So forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Um, so if someone can tell me. Oh, Kiara, thank you. I knew she would be able to tell me. It's Kieran. <laughs> Kieran, I knew that. I actually did know that, and I'm embarrassed to say. K C is always hard in Celtic. But, mm, see, that's weird because sometimes Celtic is, is pronounced Celtic. Uh, in Scotland, even uh, like the soccer, t- like the football team, but sometimes it's pronounced Celtic, and so um, as in the movie The Mighty Celt, which stars Gillian Anderson and Robert Carlyle, which is a great little movie. But Oscar and Lucinda um, is a brilliant little independent movie directed by Gillian Armstrong, who also directed. Um, I'm looking at IMDb. I'm, I'm like hopeless here with trying to remember stuff right off the bat. Um, Jillian Armstrong. She directed um, Little Women. She directed Charlotte Gray, which is another great movie. I didn't know that she directed that. I love that movie. Um, she directed Mrs. Sothel with uh, Mel Gibson. So she's directed My Brilliant Career. She's an Australian director. And she directed um, Oscar and Lucinda. And so you should all, that's your assignment for the week, guys. If you like race, if you like race, fine. See, I know how to pronounce his name, which is R-A-L-P-H, but it's race. Um, and uh, only the basketball team. Oh, and see, it is the football team. It's the Celtics. Celtics mm-hmm. are the team. Not the basketball team. Yes, the basketball team from Boston is the Boston Celtics. But so is the football team in Scotland called the Celtic. Celtic, I think. Anyway, um, so Ray Fiennes can play Sweet, but he can also play Voldemort. (laughs) Or he can play, you know, he can play, you know, the villain in, in Schindler's List. It's just like, you know, he gets sort of like, oh, he plays these evil, nasty, cold characters. Like, Carlisle has that rap, too. You know, everyone thinks of Begbie or um, his character in Cracker. And everyone thinks of those characters and don't doesn't think of the, you know, the sweet characters he's played. So, but yeah, so Ray Fiennes, but, but, but Oldman is another one. Ray Fiennes, by the way, the one thing I'm not crazy about, he cannot do an American accent to save his soul. If you've ever heard him try, I I love Ray Fiennes to pieces. I will see anything that he had he's acted in because he's such I a fabulous him. actor. Yeah. He cannot do an American accent. I, there's a there's a movie he did <laughs> called Strange Days with Angela Bassett. Ah, mm-hmm. right. She says Katie says no, he can't. Red Dragon. <laughs> oh, right, because he was the killer in Red Dragon, which is the story of. Will Graham. And speaking of Edward Norton, because Edward Norton plays Will Graham in Red Dragon, I think. Katie, tell me if I'm right. <laughs> um, Red Dragon, yes. Um, and Ray Fiennes cannot do an American accent in that. Um, and he plays the serial killer, the bad, really bad guy, who's a disciple of Hannibal Lecter. Um, so if you want to see, it's an excellent movie, by the way, despite Ray Fine kind of butchering of the American accent. Um, 
but I love him. And so, so you find a lot of American actors, I'm sorry, a lot of British actors can pretty much do any character. Um, Sue Onyx says, yes, I know such a waste of a pretty face. Ray finds is Voldemort. Totally, totally <laughs> a waste. Totally a waste. And by the way, Ray Fiennes is also a brilliant Shakespearean actor, stage actor. Um, mm-hmm. Many, many, many awards. Anyway, so where were we? Where were we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about Ray Donovan, and then oh, yeah, we were talking about Ray Donovan. You see what happens yeah. on this show? Is that's why that's why I plan for um, it's for an hour and a half. Uh, Swanick says, yes, my theory is it's the stage experience. And you know what? This is this is what I always say. There's a there are two there are two very different schools of acting, one American and one British, although the two sort of merge a little bit more recently. And um British actors, whether they go to RADA, you know, to, to the Royal Academy or they go to uh, Oxford or Cambridge or Edinburgh or the Scottish uh, Scottish Academy of Scottish Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and Music, or Dramatic Arts and Music, or Drama and Music, which is where um, Carlisle went, and I can't remember who else, but a bunch of other people also went there. Um, the thing about people who go through the British system to become actors is they don't only study how to act; they don't study how to look on film. They study the literature that they're acting. So they'll study Ibsen and they'll study Shakespeare, lots of Shakespeare. They'll study um, Greek theater and classical theater, other classical theater and Renaissance theater. And they will be steeped not only in acting technique, but also in literature itself. And American film actors don't get that because American film actors learn to be film actors. They don't learn to be actors who then work in film. In Britain, they go from stage to film to TV to commercials. I mean, look at, you know, Maggie Smith. You know, she goes from radio drama to stage to TV to movies to adverts. And the same can be said of so many British actors. American actors don't do that. They don't they 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 don't go they go from TV to movies now, but and now they go from movies to TV now too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say they go from TV to movies and movies to TV, and they go back and forth, which is a little bit more like the British system. Um, so that's and she a says, more recent phenomenon. Yeah, Becky says I hate to say it, but I really prefer British actors to American. I don't hate to say it. I totally have been saying this for years. And, and that's, that's why they stalk The Walking Dead with a British cast. Well, they stalk The Walking Dead with a British cast. They stalk they stock, uh, Once Upon a Time with a British cast. I mean, if you count the number of American actors versus the number of British actors on the show, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never done that. But I think you're going to – when I a British and Irish because you can't necessarily say oh, Irish yeah. actors are British. Anybody from the United Kingdom. Well, yeah, but see, the but but Colin O'Donoghue would would disagree with you. <laughs> and Josh Dallas, right? Becky says, I wonder, I wonder why there's such a difference in. It's just tradition. Becky says, I wonder why there's such a difference in training and education. It really is a difference in tradition. Um, in in the UK, it is, um, 
you learn to be an actor on stage, and then you go to the other stuff. Here, you can go to USC or you can go to NYU, and you can learn to be a movie actor. That's what you you don't necessarily learn first to be on stage. Um, but and Josh Dallas studied. Yes, um, Becky says that Josh Dallas studied in the UK. He studied at the at the great. Oh my gosh, he studied at the Royal. Uh, he studied. He um, he apprenticed with the Royal Shakespeare Company, which. Cool. Is oh did you not know that? And I, I, I also think I think somebody said he also studied with the National Theater, which is the other big um, uh, theater company, dramatic company in the UK. Um, and it's brilliant experience. I mean, it's um, it, you, you don't get any better than the Royal Shakespeare Company. Uh, Ray Fines, speaking of Ray Fines, was a uh, a regular part of the RSC stable. Timothy Dalton cut his teeth. Mm, I love Timothy Dalton. Yeah. If you've ever seen cuts of his Shakespearean work in his early career, mm-hmm. um, he would act almost always with Vanessa Redgrave. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always her leading. He would, She was always his leading lady. They, they lived together for years and years and years and years. But um, they did some incredibly acclaimed work. Um, Romeo and Juliet from the art with the RSC. They did uh, Antony and Cleopatra, which received all kinds of accolades. And I've seen clips of all that. But Dalton um, was a renowned stage actor before he took on Bond. And he brought that to that he brought all that gravitas to James Bond. And to me, and I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, as far as James Bonds go, I think and Daniel Craig is trying to do that as well, but um uh Timothy Dalton to me really embodied Ian Fleming's Bond. So my wife hates Timothy Dalton for no. Uh, she can't tell you why. Can't tell you why. I just loathes him. Oh, see, so oh, much. oh, 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 so, oh, she's saying okay. Uh, Suanik says I loved him in Jane Eyre. Okay, the quintessential Jane Eyre on film or TV was the BBC production in the middle 1980s. Starring Timothy Dalton as Rochester. I had read Jane Eyre 25 times when I had seen that. I'd seen, I had, I had seen uh, George C. C. Scott play Rochester. I had seen three or four other Rochesters. Jane Eyre, I mean, Byronic heroes are my thing. You guys know that. And Jane Eyre is the epitome of Byronic heroes. And Timothy Dalton, if you have not seen it, you can get it on DVD. It's not a great copy. It's not widescreen. It's not high def. It's really kind of all full of artifacts and stuff. But it is such a brilliant performance. And it's long. It's like 13 hours long. It's really, really long. And to me, it is the best thing he has ever done. Um, he played Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights as well, and he makes a great Heathcliff. Yes, I know it was a miniseries. Jane Eyre was a miniseries. I think it was eight-part miniseries on the Beeb, um, BBC. Um, 
and uh, and he was in he was he played Heathcliff, and I've never been a fan of Heathcliff. I'm really sorry. Um, so I, he was great Heathcliff. I've just never been a big Wuthering Heights fan. Um, to me, he's not the kind of Byronic hero that I love. Anyway, so but but I don't you know I I always like talking about British actors. Guys, do you like British actors? Oh yes, who doesn't? Who are your who are your favorite British actors? We haven't um, mentioned. Um, trying to think. Oh Lord. So you're putting me on the spot. I mean, I do love Patrick Stewart. I was going to say that we haven't mentioned Patrick Stewart. I was going to say that. Uh, Martin, Martin Freeman's a good young British actor. I, yeah, I like Martin Freeman. And I like him a Pierce lot. Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan is Irish. I think he's Irish. He's not British. Or he's not English. He's Irish? Um, I, I think he's Irish. Britain. I think he's, I, I thought he was Irish, but maybe not. Um, Martin Freeman is British. Yes, Martin Freeman is British, and I love his Watson. I actually like his Watson. Yes, he, he is British, uh, Irish. Um, okay, so. Lenny James. Okay, so Martin Freeman is. I like. I like his Watson. On, um, on on Sherlock better than I like Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. <sighs> Benedict Cumberbatch, I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch in Sherlock, and he was awesome in Star Trek. He was awesome in Star Trek. I'm not a big – see, now that's funny because he's like the, one of the British actors that just doesn't do anything for me. Um, he doesn't, and um, he doesn't, and um, 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 and I can't never remember his name. Um, but – there are a few British actors. Jude Law. You know, it's funny you should mm. mention Jude Law. Jude Law is another Watson. Um, but I love Jude Law. Um, he was too pretty when he was younger, but he's aged really nicely. And in fact, um, oh, <laughs> oh, prepare for lots of hate mail. Oh, my gosh. I actually like Johnny Lee Miller's Holmes better. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. God. I'm so sorry. Colin Firth. Oh, so, so Colin Firth. Uh, is, Colin Firth doesn't you're gonna all kill me. I love Colin Firth in in Love Actually. I just adore him yeah. in Love Actually. Yeah. Uh, which my husband refuses to watch with me. He refuses to watch it with me. Oh. Um and see, I like Johnny Lee Miller too. And Colin mm-hmm. Firth did okay. See, I always have to bring this back to the Carlisle connection because we are talking about <laughs> sort of we're talking about once upon a time, right, guys? Um, so, um, so we got to make six degrees of separation. So Colin Firth and Robert Carlyle actually did something together a few years ago, and it was actually just rebroadcast. It was just up on the BBC site, but because oh. Okay, King's Speech. He was amazing, amazing, yep. amazing. Colin first made me weep. He made me weep in King's Speech. It, I was going to say, um, there's, a, there's a, a film that was done for the BBC called Born Equal. And it was on, mm, I want to say 2010, maybe, 2009. It was done, it's a... It's called Born Equal. It is not available here. You can find it on YouTube, but mm-hmm. it is abbreviated. 
you can find it on here. I'm going to go with the torrenting thing again. It is available in torrent form. Um, because you can, you can, it was actually on the BBC, it was rebroadcast not more than a few weeks ago, and it was on the site, BBC site. Unfortunately, for those of us in North America, we couldn't get it. I it's tried. It's like so crazy to me that there's that, and then there's people in Canada it's that like, can't get our television. I don't understand why it's just not universal. I know. It's just I mean, it's because of license issue. Yeah, it's all no, rights thing. But, but think about that that piece that's really interesting. And if you look it up on Google, um, Born Equal, I watched it. It's brilliant. Born Equal is completely improvised. Oh, see, now I would like that because I like the improvision type. I like when they yeah. do that. Yeah, improvisation. Right. And um, and um, so Born Equal is completely, completely improvised. And I heard an interview with Colin Firth um, at, at, who said he was actually fairly uncomfortable doing something that was completely improvised because that wasn't the tradition he had come from. And it was really fairly, and I want to welcome everyone in the chat room who signed in with real names. We've got Becky participating, Kareth Tonight, which is Zombies from the Sea, and Oscar Talks. Hi, Oscar Talks. Welcome. Um, and um, so so this movie, try to find it because it's really interesting to see oh, these guys. Um, if someone Googles it, I can't remember who the female lead was in it. That played opposite of uh, opposite Robert uh, Carlyle, who mm-hmm. is very comfortable with improvisation because that's what he does. That's that's actually his tradition. So we have Daniel Day Lewis, of course, who can play anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. A recent Joss Whedon movie, yes, was 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 very much improvised. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think yeah, of that guy. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. I could listen to him just. Reading the phone book with that silky voice. <laughs> oh. No, I did not enjoy the bruises all that much. Okay, yeah, I, you know, I, with with my definite exception, the Borgias, I do not like. I we watched the Borgias for the first two seasons, pretty much every Sunday, mm-hmm. and it was part of our Sunday cape. Sundays at our house is like. Okay, which one do we watch first? Because we've got the newsroom, we've got Ray Donovan. In another season, we might have Game of Thrones, and of course, we have Once Upon a Time on Sunday nights, and we have the Borgias. And it gets really confusing because there's so much good TV Sunday night now, um, especially on Showtime and HBO. And um, so, um, the Borgias was just not something I could get into. Oh, David Warner was a real psycho in a time tree. Yes, I remember that movie. Uh, what was it called um, with David Warner? Um, I love David Warner. Um, wasn't he in Far From the Matting Crowd? That was a great, wonderful Thomas Hardy adaptation. Um, uh, Karis says, I have heard nothing but good things about Newsroom. The Newsroom is... Phenomenal, and it's heating up, and everyone should I need to watch it, man. I'm in the Omen. Yeah. Oh, Dave, David Warner was in the Omen, right? He played the priest, I think, if I recall. I actually never saw the Omen. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we'll so, yeah. So lots of really great. Uh, oh, Jack the Ripper. Yes, he played in the time travel movie. Yes, yes. 
Uh, time after oh, time. Wife. Thank you. Yes, yes. And he was the photographer in the Omen. Right, of course. It was um, uh, Gregory Peck who played the priest in the Omen, wasn't it? Now I'm getting confused. Never mind. Just don't even pay attention to me. All right. I wanted, I wanted to – I'm just, like, so confused. And I'm, like, waiting now in, with all the networks to release the premiere episodes for, on the press mm-hmm. site. Oh, Gregory Peck. See, and I didn't even see the movie. Talk about – okay. Gregory Peck. Talk about favorite actors. One of the first movies that I – serious movies that I ever saw was on TV, like, late at night, I saw To Kill a Mockingbird. And I fell in love with Gregory Pack. He is, I loved him. Talk about a leading man character actor. He could play good. He could, he, he was a really fine, fine actor of that time. Um, and he could play pretty much anything, although he often just played himself. Okay. So before we get to Once Upon a Time, is there anything anyone wants to say or ask? About... Well, I, mean, I just want to say that Dexter was, is really going to be a scary ending, I think. Yeah. Three more episodes I, left. Yeah, that's what I hear. I'm just, uh, yeah, I mean, this stupid Hannah person is just back in the picture, and he's all over it, and, you know, it, that's going to be his downfall is this girl. And then it turns out the... um you know, the psychiatrist that's been helping him or that that basically made Dexter who he is because he, they, you know, developed the code. She developed the code with his father of how, you know, he was going to kill people, you know, people that deserved it. There was a code. And, sorry. But anyway, no, but, but, well, all right, if you haven't seen, well, it was on last night. But I know. I know. We, we, I never, we never, we well, never, anyway, yeah. and he was, yeah. All I, I mean, will say is, it, it, all I will say is that the whole thing is just going to come full circle at the end of all this. Yeah. It's just going to be sad. And I, I, you know, I mean, I know. I guess he was on. Um, uh, what show was it? I want to say I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, and he said that, oh well, you know, he wants Dexter to go out in like a big bang. I just kind of don't want him to die, but I, I'm see, I don't know what's going to happen. He's got to die. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got. Dexter I mean, I think that that's die. the only only way no. it can end. It's like it's like Breaking Bad. There's people not saying Walter White shouldn't die, and I'm like, he's got to die. It's that type of character. They can't survive the series. It's not allowed. He can't. But after can't. all of this, I just am yep. like, no. I mean, after all of his, you know, I don't know. I mean, Doesn't matter. And, and I, know, I mean, eh. so uh, just, some. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's going to die. Um, Becky mm-hmm. asks, "Does anyone watch Scandal or Hannibal?" I have to say, Jimmy, oh, yeah. you turned oh. me—you turned me on to Hannibal. I love Scandal. Okay, I don't watch Scandal yet. Hannibal oh, is Scandal really is so good. good. Oh my god, it's very—it's graphic. I'm like dying to Scandal. It's graphic. I love Hannibal. Hugh Dancy is great. Mads Mikkelsen. Okay, so uh, before the before the um, series begins, uh, new in uh, in January. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to see if I can maybe get interviews with either Hugh Dancy or um, Mads Mikkelsen and cool. uh, and interview them, um, which would be kind of fun. Uh, I think that's a show that has a, a smallish audience right now just because it's a very limited series. And 
some stations don't even air it because of the graphic nature of it. Um, it's oh, a brave. Like it's Salt a, Lake City. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a brave show. It's a brave show. Leave it to the anyway. I won't say it. It's, it's a brave whatever. show. Yeah, it's a brave show for its uncompromising use of violence, but it's also a brave show for its uncompromising view of taking its main character and really pushing him over the edge of sanity. And uh, I'm not talking about and I'm not talking about Hannibal Lecter either. I'm talking about. Will Graham, Will Graham and, yeah. and and mm-hmm. Hugh Dancy just uh, and 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 the season ended with um uh with uh Will Graham. Don't tell them if they haven't seen it. Oh, okay. We're gonna, get, we're gonna get people to watch this. Don't tell them the twist ending. It's huge twist ending. Yeah, don't tell them it's huge. It's a cliffhanger. Oh, it's it's an amazing ending and a cliffhanger to end all cliffhangers. So if you're not watching Hannibal, check out my article about the show, which is on Blog Critics. And, um, yeah. Artistically, it's beautiful. So if you're not into slasher, whatever, just watch it for, you know, the production. Yeah, the production is great. The acting is phenomenal. Um, Katie says she almost turned it off after the first five minutes, and you know what? So did I, and I stuck it out because Jimmy told me to, and I'm so <laughs> glad that I did. I see, do, you know, we all have an impact here. Um, I want to just put in a little plug. Um, some of you guys know that I'm going to be, oh, I'm going to show everyone how old I am. Um, I'm actually going to be a first-time, I'm going to be a first-time grandmother in January. Oh, Aww. you so cute. Thank you. It, Thank you. It, it's going to It's adorable it's gonna, when they're little. Yeah. Well, they're in Seattle. <laughs> Not here. Oh, good. So you'll be back up here. I will. I'm coming in January for the birth of the baby. Oh, uh, it's a boy. It's a boy. We know it's a boy. It's tw- okay. She's 20 weeks now, so she's halfway there. Oh, anyway, in honor of that, I started a brand new blog. Um, and it's not just for grandmothers. It is it is called Granny Centric for the twenty first century for the twenty first century woman of a certain age. But I'm finding that it's not just um, women of a certain age. I've got men who are. I just launched it today, and I, it's not even a full launch um, because it's not completely completely finished yet. But I've gotten like guys, young guys are following the blog and fans and likes and subscribers and almost as many as I have all uh, all together on Let's Talk TV, I've gotten in just a few hours on Granny Centric. So I'm going to put the link up, guys. So check out, it's grannycentric.com. And if you go there. I'll your first uh, column there about what to call Granny yeah, what to call grandma? What what to name what to name the grandmother? And you know, it's usually the question is what do you name the baby? Well, it's a very mm-hmm. granny centric question about well, the heck with the baby. What are you going to call grandma, right? What am I? What am I? Well, I like your conclusion at the end. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you I won't spoil it. <laughs> and you can actually vote in a poll. I saw. I didn't vote, but I saw the poll. Yes, you saw the poll. So you can vote in a poll, and um, lots of people have already gone there, and I'm really excited. So tell all your friends. It's grannycentric.com. And it's only got 15. It's only got, like, most of the articles are reprints from blog critics, but they're old blog critics articles that I've just um, updated. You know, I've, I've edited them, re-edited them, sort of, 
brought them, most of them, not all of them, um, that I've brought over and, and sort of re-edited. And, uh, but they have the backlink to blog critics, as they all must. Um, I cannot violate the rules of the site that I am the executive editor on. Um, and, uh, yes, um, and and Swanick says, ha-ha, my mom went through that because she couldn't have the same name as their other grandmother. Exactly. And, of course, the <laughs> other grandmother put a comment on the article, um, taking to task my sort of um, sort of gently teasing about the word Bubby, which I just I just can't be. But she is. I mean, she's totally a Bubby. But she's like a totally, you know, she's out there and she's a Ph.D. biologist and pharmacologist and, you know, really out there. And, and she's comfortable with Bubby. I'm just not a Bubby. <laughs> so I just can't speak as a Bubby. My mother-in-law was Bubby. My mother was Granny. Um, so, you know, what can I say? So I'm Safta, for those of you who don't want to care about being spoiled. I'm going to be Safta, which is Hebrew for grandmother, um, oh. which makes sense. My daughter's name is Shoshana, which is Hebrew for Rose or Lily, oh. depending on it's both. Anyway, so let's talk about Once Upon a Time. Um, I hope you all watched um, mm-hmm. this week's uh, assignment, which was The Crocodile. I, well, I am pulling out my notes here. Um, <laughs> there we go. Okay. So we're just going to run through um, the 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 thing. I want to pull up my my review of it, though. So, Baron, start, start talking about what did you like best about the crocodile guys? Well, I mean, the most powerful scene for me that made me tear up was when Rumpel goes to Belma Library, of course, and, you know, says, oh, I couldn't cool. lose you without telling you these things. You know, I can't lose you without telling you why I feel this way. Yeah. Oh, that was the that was the cutest scene for Rumble that day. I mean, you know, the whole thing. I thought it was really interesting. Well, first of all, I loved when when Rumble is is asking. Um, oh, they're over there. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh oh. Kobe. Hold on. Okay. We've got so technical. So, so while we're anyway, waiting, but I was saying, I liked. I no, my favorite. Well. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? I can't even remember. Sorry, everybody. Okay. So I pulled up my my review. Can I read a little bit of it? Yeah. No. No. Not at all. (laughs) My show. My show. Okay. So this is what I had to say. I I gushed a lot about Carlisle, like I always Mm -hmm. do. There has never been any doubt that Robert Carlyle is a gifted actor, arguably one of the best actors of his generation. He's gone from film to television and back again, both here in the UK, and he's done tiny budget independent films that allow him to create characters and give voice to films with great social or political weight and bigger projects that undoubtedly allow him to support smaller budget worthwhile cinema. But there is also no doubt that whatever role he chooses to do, he has an ability to transform himself completely. Carlyle's role in Once Upon a Time is a difficult one. His storybook and fairy tale land personas are in many ways reflections of each other, but each is so distinct in manner, voice, and appearance, it takes a true sorcerer of an actor to make us comprehend they are indeed one character. 
all of the main cast of Once play dual roles, but Rumpel's personas are so distinct from each other, coming from such distant times in his long life that it is not like any other character on the series. And to that and that each persona from terrified peasant to trickster to cuckolded husband to cool businessman to the courtly enchanted prince we seem to get glimpses of from time to time all inform and loop back on each other often simultaneously. It is just brilliant. Anybody like disagree so far? <laughs> nope. nope. Don't disagree at all. Um, no, um, I mean, one of my favorite, well, I was just going to say my favorite, one of my favorite scenes was when he was asking I love that. I love that. So I'm going to get to the, the crocodile part. In tonight's episode, because I wrote it on the night that it was it was broadcast, the crocodile, we begin to understand why Rumpel clings to power. He knows what it is to have none. He knows what it means to be so powerless that he must suffer the humiliation of watching his wife become whore to a pirate. It is a testament to the power of Carlyle's considerable acting ability that despite the terrible things Rumpel does in Crocodile, he can still break our hearts. Carlyle's range of emotional beats in this week's episode is astonishing. He took us deep within Rumpel's heart to the source of loss, pain, and loneliness and anger that coexist within him. But he also showed us, as Rumpel shows Belle, the love and yearning that also dwells within his ravaged soul. Wrapped around the anguish, however, is Rumpel's armor of steel, Blind rage, quick temper, even cruelty. And Carlyle's performance made us fear him as much as we fear for him. We see the origin of the terrible losses Rumpel has suffered. It is when his wife Mila, Rachel Shelley, leaves him and their son Balefire that Rumpel's downward spiral begins. Everything that follows, from becoming the Dark One to the loss of Balefire to the curse and breaking of it, all of it originates from this one point in time. I have to wonder if Rumpel has always had always been a coward. He says it is so, but are there memories beyond his remembering to the time of the, this is when I get into the ogre war, to the time of the ogre yeah. war, when as we know he left the battlefield, what exactly happened during that war to make him leave? Well, we find out the answer to that, don't we? Right. Um Rumpel but tells the other me thing is I don't think he Sorry. Go ahead. Where no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, go okay. ahead. I was just going to say, I don't I don't think that he, I really, I don't think he was a coward, though, because remember, no. right. when he got his his papers to go, his father was a coward. He was, right. He, he was, was happy, right. though. Yeah, I don't so think he, that he is, I think that is his self-perception. And what I wrote, what I wrote, when I, was, when I saw it tonight, I was making notes. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, um, the before Rumpel, what was he like? Taking the punishment and humiliation like he did from Hook and from Mila. He has no self-esteem at all. She is really cruel to him. All he wants is what's good for Bay. Um, you need courage, all kinds of courage. He has courage more than he realizes. Confronting Hook shows how much courage he had. Um, uh, da, 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 da. I mean, it's true. To confront Hook like that, took a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but exactly. I mean, especially, you know, he knew what he was walking into in the sense of, you know, you're, yeah. you're approaching his boat, for God's sake. His men are there. Right, right. And, right. So and he, can, and, and he stands there. right up to him. He's 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 freaking out. I mean, he's he's shaking. Right. I mean, he's, right. he's absolutely. But, 
Yeah, and, and I mean, is, I, like, we knew he wasn't going to take, you know, he wasn't going to no. fight. But, I mean, I think right. it took courage just to do what he did. He didn't Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I, I wrote myself the note, how does Carlisle do it, making himself seem so meek and frightened? And then we so, see that. You know what? It's all facial expressions. Yeah. So, yeah. But he was I mean, actually. He, was, How he was, am I supposed to tell my boy? And, and, he, he actually was shaking. You could see him shaking. Yeah. Like a, I don't um, know how he it, does it. It's, yeah. He's just. Like, he's, it's incredible. Um, so then I commented, and this is my note tonight. This I'm not reading from my, my review anymore. Um, which which Rumpel. Okay. Um the accent, oh, his accents. I mean, his she changes his accent, like, yeah. by the minute, from this beautiful right. RP accent, you know, beautiful BBC right. British, to um, to East End, to right. childlike and maniacal, to right. that sort of um, low-level Scottish burr he has that, talking, you know, in the, in, as gold. Scene. I love that first scene too. I mean, where where uh, Belle is having that nightmare, and <gasps> the nightmare. He's like, oh, yeah, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah. he's like, always will be, you know, always have been, always will be. Changed that was so in such wild. an instant. That was well, crazy. I love that. Series. Okay, so I want to get to the the nightmare, Belle's nightmare. I, you know, when I was watching that, I immediately mm-hmm. thought. Parallel, parallel, parallel. Yeah, totally. To the um, to the um, to the to the finale, to yeah. Rumple's nightmare. Both of them are frightened oh, of true. what. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Yeah, he has that nightmare again. It's almost kill Henry. Yeah. Yeah. You know he he's, he's dreaming about his. Uh, terrible. Oh, and I, I'm like so far behind on the chat room. I'm really sorry. Um, Becky says, um, uh, I'm going to go back here into the chat room. Um, I think he's heading toward a nervous breakdown because so yeah. many fractures of his personality contained with 300 years of experiences. Well, you know, it's interesting because he actually, at one point in the episode, completely loses it. He completely loses it. Um, to with Bell's father, and oh, he's yeah, got this. That really, was he's really controlled. Though. He's keeping he's, it he's very, very controlled. Yes, yeah. um, very much controlled, and then he just loses it. Um, Becky says, "Let's see." Um, yeah, those turned out to be good questions. Yeah, I had some good questions back then. Um, and Becky says he was never a coward. He made a rational choice. Yeah. He did, but he thinks of himself as a coward, and I think so much of that is what's been drilled into him by his own father's, you know, reputation. And Mila was was cruel. I mean, she, she you know, she awful. says, you know, at the end when when he finds out that she's alive, yeah. she says, you know, well, I'm really sorry. You know, I should have told you, which is meant to be, I think, a reflection of Rumpel's own lack of courage yeah. in being honest towards Belle. But you know what? If that was just that, in the pub, there was no reason for he her to awful. humiliate. She, she humiliated. 
might as well run away. That's what your best dad, you know, and she's I know. And she's what mocking a- him. And not only yeah. that, but you know, even when she, you know, she, they finally he he gets he does as uh, after the duel, or whatever, and then they show back up on the on the ship, and he and she's still yeah. bargaining. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that he had to. T- He's trying to say, I had to tell our son that you were dead. Like, even at that, it just didn't seem like she was, gave a crap, to be honest. I mean, yeah. how did you do that? Stuff. I, I know, you know and, and everybody's like, oh, he's so, he's so cool, you know. He, he, I I don't know. I hate to say it. I feel like she deserved it almost. Well, and I know that's not a popular thing, but I Yeah, I, I mean, you know, oh, and, and there's a comment in the chat room about, you know, um, he's more like the cowardly lion. He had more courage than anyone gave him credit for. Yeah. Um, how much courage did it end ta- to get sent home, get to get sent home from the front? How much courage did it end up taking to do what he did to get sent home from the cr- front? But Mila appreciated nothing. Um, and then... Yeah, um, we need to find well, out more about his that's... parents. I think that's oh, true. maybe he was yeah. a lost boy. Did they run out or on him? Because well, yeah, we don't know anything about his going oh, up background. Maybe his father was the cowardly lion. Ooh. Ooh. See, that's a way to bring in the Wizard of Oz into the whole Once Upon a Time land. references forever. Oh, did you catch the Narnia reference in this episode? Which one? No, what? When Cora's holding a, that bottle of potion at the end of the episode, and Hook yeah. says, what's that, or something, and she says, this is the remains of a wardrobe that could let you know. Right. Well, it's That's the, the wardrobe. That's the I remember. They have lots of Wizard of Oz. Well, the, but there's the wardrobe at the, in the pilot, too. You know, they put her in the wardrobe. That's just... But that that could be a... a oh, you know what? Maybe you're right, because I think that yeah. was the wardrobe is. That. Wardrobe is British English for. But they could also tie it in Narnia. They did. Yeah. yeah well, there is the wardrobe. Um, yeah. There is yes. There's interesting discussion about Mila um, and Robert between Robert, Adam, and Eddie. Yes, there is. And actually, Robert says, "Poor Rachel, who plays Mila, um, who's really just taken so much heat on Twitter for." Um, you know, it's like, this, and he says, this poor woman, her heart was ripped out and crushed. What more? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't even have sympathy <laughs> for her because of that. Um, so so I want to get back to my notes here. Um, so, oh, the sword fight between Hook and Rumpel. Oh, I love that. Okay. I totally love that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. Did you notice Rumpel's stance? During the sword fight. Oh yeah, I love it. It's like it's it like, was so effortless for him. Well, it was a like fencing really, stance. I mean, it was yeah, like a fencing stance with his hand behind his back like that. Totally. It's cool. very stylized. So I mean, he wasn't just you know. I mean, I've seen him sword fighting with charming, right? And that yeah, it's different. A different kind of sword fighting. No, this was he was you know he was like doing it. And yes, okay, one hand tied behind his back maybe, and maybe that's what that was trying to show. But that yeah, was like a really I don't know, but... classic fencing pose. Yeah, no, then, I like course... it. I like the way they did that. They I don't know. That. I don't know if you guys had read somewhere. Somewhere I read somewhere in the vast internet. I had read an interview with with uh, Mr. Carlyle, who said that he actually had a fencing medal 
from oh, his, really? uh, from drama school. Yeah. So um, he I is. I wouldn't doubt it. He's great. He is an expert, I mean, and I would not doubt that um, Colin O'Donohue is also an expert fencer, and mm-hmm. that um, that uh, Josh Dallas, RSC yeah, we, alum, is also an expert swordsman. So um, yeah. Somebody in the chat box said Robert Car was that actually him? Yeah, it was Robert Carlyle. Well, yeah, that was my question. Them, you know, how it? much of it? How much of it? I'm sure it's very choreographed. The sword fights are cool. I think Robert has a fencing background. Yes, he does have a fencing background. Absolutely, mm-hmm. he does. Um, and um, the question is, was that actually Robert fencing and not a stuntman? Well, we don't know. It would be nice to know that. <laughs> I have a great, great question. question. Um, and I should have, darn it, I should have asked him that. Oh, oh, oh when I had the chance, see, I would have. you got to think, you got to think like a fan, Barbara, when you're oh, talking to him. Like a fan and a not great, a journalist. You know, <laughs> what a great question. You know question. what I mean? Ah, yep. What a great question. Well, maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll tweet it to him. You need to ask somebody. See, I have to ask okay. about it. So, Suana says, I have to ask for another interview. Okay. So here's the thing, um, and they're really quite nice about setting me up with people to interview, and I've interviewed Lana, and, I, you know, I've interviewed Jane, and, of course, there's the Comic-Con. The, the one person that I was told that was definitely not, and I and I actually, they gave me Josh Dallas's PR person's um, email, and I, and, I, and I emailed his publicist and Jennifer's, and neither one of them ever answered me. After multiple yeah, attempts, you continue to contact them. Because they'll um, squeaky wheel man. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't usually. I, the thing is, I usually don't have to be a squeaky wheel, and yeah. I don't generally because usually I'm pretty good about getting those interviews. And when I'm not, I'm like, well, fine, then I won't interview you. See if I care. <laughs> um, but I, I. But the one person they said that was just not available for interviews was was Robert. Yeah. Um, well, everybody else. wants him, you know. So it's yeah, they it's, do, and and they do, and and he's very, and I can understand his reticence. So I I had my chance at Comic Con, and I did, and I was thrilled to interview him. Um, anyway, so so he the, that sword fight is great, and I love the the um, in the dark alley the, the 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 change again, the change of accent, the East End accent goes to the courtly accent goes to the I think he did like five or six different accents in that uh, mm-hmm. in that episode alone and then here but then it's interesting when he hears that Mila is dead there's a fleeting switch of emotion and then he turns it off yeah it's like he's able it. to turn it off and and then he makes the snarky comment about you know like a de fish which is really funny. <laughs> that but but there's like this really quick like like um rapier fast switch of demeanor that's really kinda cool. And I love the scenes between Gold and Charming. Oh um, yeah, those are you know he's like, Are you asking dating advice from me? Says, no, of course not. You know, I love that. I love that. And it was really cute. And then when he asks him for help in the first place, you know, it's almost like he says, this this woman who, you know, in in our other world, he says, yes. And it's almost like he's embarrassed to say it. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
Um, and da da Oh, the question that I had was, so where does the killing of Mila fit in the timeline? Where does it fit what? in? Where does where does the ship, you know, hook ship and the killing, Mila's murder essentially? I'm going to call oh, it. Oh, where does that come? Where does that the fall in the timeline? And I'm going to bring Meredith in because she's our timeline guru. So hang on a second. Meredith, how are you? Hi, Meredith. Hi. How are you? How are you doing? We got a question for you. So you're our timeline guru. So the where, where Mila gets killed, where do you think it falls on the timeline? Well, since Hook went back uh, over to Neverland very shortly after that, and apparently that was only six months after Balfire left in the finale, I would say probably within the first two or three months of uh, Balfire disappearing from the Enchant Forest. Yeah, and that would actually make sense to me um, because um, you see the version of of Rumpel that we have is yeah, really and plus bitter. He's still he's hanging really in that cute. same pub that he was still well, living, you know, around apparently when he was a peasant. I don't think he's moved to his castle yet. Um, maybe not, although he kind of appears and disappears everywhere. Um, yeah, I know, but, but, but I think I think just his attitude is um, is really brittle and bitter and nasty and ugly, and um, I think that that has to be before. I think you're right. I think it is before it's too long. Um, yeah, yeah, because again. Uh, you know, in the beginning of uh, Second Star of the Right, you know, it says that he's been in London for six months, and, you know, then, not terribly long after that, he goes to Neverland and encounters Hook. So if Hook was already there right. and has right. already got the lay of the land, then he couldn't have been there long either. Right. I want to attend to the, the chat room here. Um, I wonder if he'll ever do another Q&A on quit Twitter. I think that, that Robert loves Twitter. Um, I think he was overwhelmed, <laughs> but I heard that if people enough, to, I can't remember what the number is, but if he gets to a certain number of followers, he was going to do another Q&A. So people follow him. Um, so, and then Becky says he's really busy doing some movie work and other stuff. Well, right now he's doing Once Upon a Time. When he's doing Once Upon a Time, he's not doing anything else. Um, so, you know, and, and because of his makeup and, and, uh, costume in the show, he really takes a long time to prep, you know, for his scenes. So he's probably pretty busy, but he is doing some movie stuff. There is a, um, there is, uh, it's in development. I think it's in script stage. Maybe, uh, I check on IMP every once in a while. There's a novel series um, that begins with, it's called The Long Midnight of Barney Thompson, which is a black comic novel about a barber who is an accidental serial killer. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I like Sweeney is, Todd. Yeah, kind of Sweeney Todd meets Dexter, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it's older. I mean, it's not a new series. It, it's 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 predates, um, certainly predates Dexter. Um, and it's quite lovely. And it's, it's, I've been reading it. And, um, so, um, 
uh, Robert is slated to direct and star in it. And I believe it's in screenplay stage right now. The screenplay is being developed. The company that one of the, gosh, I can't remember the newspaper. One of the major newspapers, I think in Scotland, uh, or the major newspaper in Scotland, has actually been um, has had been serializing the novels, and I think they were all re uh, re released. Um, and um, so I think that um, that that's what he's really working on in his free time. Um, yes, definitely right up his alley. And he's quite a good director. Um, if any of you watch, you guys know I'm a fan of Stargate Universe. And he mm-hmm. directed the episode in season two of Stargate Universe called Pathogen. And it's really excellent. He had uh, there he There's actually an entire... Uh, featurette on the season two DVD set where he talks about the experience of directing it and how um, he uh, had hoped that he wasn't going to have a lot of scenes himself, that it turned out it ended up being quite heavily with him in it. But um, it was really interesting. I don't know. I've heard him talk about directing on, on Once Upon a Time and he I don't think he's interested in doing that. Um, at least that's what I heard when I heard him speak about it, um, that that he really wasn't, um, his basket was pretty full as far as actually acting in it. I would imagine being in Stargate Universe playing Rush is not so taxing, although it was a bigger part. Um, I think that it, unless he was, unless Rumple wasn't in the episode at all, I suppose he could do it then. But anyway, um, so um, ooh, got what? Uh, not sure if I got that far before it got taken off of YouTube. Oh, you mean Stargate Universe? Um, you can get Stargate Universe on. It is worthwhile to get it to pay for the episodes on Amazon.com, definitely, or get the DVDs. It's really, really a great series, guys, and it's really cool to hear the commentaries for all the episodes. So, yes, yes. Um, anyway, so where where was I? I got off track again. Gosh, I'm like, there's a lot of chatter in the chat room, which is good, because I try to keep up with that. Um so uh, Sue, Sue Onyx says, yeah, he, it'd be great with a Jane Espenson script, definitely. And you know what? Maybe I'll ask Jane about that when she comes on the show, and she has promised to come up on the show before the se- season begins. Um, better to have him direct an episode that he's already not in than not be there at all. That's true. Um, anyway, uh, I saw the first season oh, of Stargate Universe. Yes. Anyway, where were we? We're talking about um We're trying the crocodile. to talk about the crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> this you is why I but that's all right. That's what it is, you know. It's fun, you it's know. It's a chat. It's a chat. It's a chat. <laughs> oh, okay. So now I want to get to this part of the episode um, where Belle is put in the little train, the little mine car, and set off to the border. And, of course, Gold is horrified. Now, that is foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. getting shot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah, you know, I, I hate what Mo did. I really do. But I gotta tell you that um, you know he was beat up by him recently. He knows his reputation. Yeah. And anyway, I have to admit, I'd be a little horrified. You know, in reality, yeah. if my daughter was dating. You know him. Yeah, but mm-hmm. she's an adult. She's an and adult. I, I think I it. think that Mo is very, very much under the impression that he put a spell on her. Erased memories, oh, you know, sure. I mean, I would guess he probably, you know, is subject to that, you know, curse sort of like in Welcome to Storybrooke, you know, the curse of the brokenhearted, where you can force someone's feelings towards you. Yeah, I, I would say that that's probably true. Yeah, I, um, I think he really did believe that that was the only way to counter it was to get rid of him entirely in her mind. Yeah, and of yeah, course, no, you know, he doesn't right. know what Regina did. He, I, I really want right. that to come out. You know, in the third season, I really think Rumple out of town that he probably is going to confront her, and they'll have a good talk about things. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I would think so. Yeah, uh, I, I do. So, I have heard he is supposed to make an appearance uh, in the third season, probably fairly early on. Okay. Well, we'll find out what happens. Um, so, you know, she, of course, Rumple uses magic to pull her back, um, right. even though she doesn't want it. And then, and then we come, uh, and, and I love the the little um, distinction made um, between the difference between literal truth and honesty. Oh and yeah, heart. and that was yeah. that was Charming's line, and that's a beautiful line. Great line. You know, yes, and, you can not lie, but that doesn't mean that there's any truth. Truth in it. Yeah. Yeah. Is the way that uh, he I think that that was Rumpel's always, problem is he wasn't lying, but he wasn't telling her anything either. He wasn't being open of heart. And then, he you know, what is yeah. his what is his motivation? And Bell says it's it's a lack of courage. Um, and I think it's more a lack of faith in himself. That you know, well, yeah, and I think he's afraid of telling her the truth, like you know, how is she going to react? Is she going to love well, him? And I think that's a fear in the back. Well, of I, I think and it's a very telling like thing in Broken when she said that Regina locked her away until her curse. She wasn't really in communication with the town, and it's not really known, even you know, since it's only been a few days since the curse broke, that Rumple was mm-hmm. actually behind it. I think Chabelle was very much under the impression that Regina created it and enacted it. Right. Well, but but that's not where I'm I'm coming from. Where I'm coming from is that um, he's – where was it coming from? It just floated out of my mind now. You were talking talking about the difference of that, you know, that – Right. Okay. Oh, line that Charming said. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So – so this is the thing. Now, in this episode and in the Miller's Daughter, all right, this is his past. Two women have said to him, in essence, I've never loved you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been cuckolded twice. He's right. fallen in love. He's a romantic. He's such a romantic. He yeah. fell in love twice. And both Cora and Mila have stomped on his heart. They've ripped, both of them have metaphorically ripped out his heart and have told him, I never loved you. 
I I lied to you. I said I loved you for my own reasons, and I never loved you. And here he is with Belle. And can he trust her, as is being said in the chat room, um, as Becky is saying, and everyone's agreeing with her, and, and it's absolutely true that um, – can he trust Belle? And he doesn't trust her. It's not lack of courage. It's it's his experience tells him that no one can love him. No one loves him. And and so if he tells her the truth of it, whatever that truth is, is she going to reject him? And yeah, that's a lack of courage, but it's a really normal reaction. Oh. To his to someone with his experience, so I, I really think that there's um, there's something really uh, profound about that. Mila saying, "I never loved you." Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't. He that's a, another weakness in him. You know, he, he almost. I think he almost sabotages, on some level, the relationship. That he has with Belle because he doesn't trust in himself. He doesn't trust he doesn't in Belle. No, right. I that think no it's matter more that than, than yeah. bravery. You know, he has a lot of courage. Yeah. He doesn't, he has really low self esteem. Yeah, he's got very low self esteem. And I mean, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you after all that? You know, I mean, yeah. he just he puts his heart. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He has worn his heart on his sleeve. Yeah, and, he, and it's interesting for something about a show about heart. You know, the heart that's in your yeah. your chest and and how and you know right. how Hook misunderstands Rumpel right. by saying he has no heart. He keeps his heart in Bell. He doesn't right. have his heart in his chest, which is is actually not true, because you know it's like he is. Rumpel is an incredibly emotional being. Yeah. And it's something that even being the dark one cannot rid himself of. That that and that's, that's probably true. that's probably the dark one's uh, Achilles well, heel. The dark one enhances that, his his emotions. You know, well, he does that in him. But I think in a way too that the dark one it, it's the dark one's Achilles heel that that Rumpel has that much ability to love that that he he does have yeah. that much ability to love that it it actually sabotages the dark one to a certain yeah. extent. Um, well, see, and that's why in season three is going to be really interesting when he has to just just completely abandon whatever everything yeah. that he truly is to save Henry. That's going to be a it's going to be an incredible moment. I. I'm yeah. anxious to see that because I, you know, oh, how he's going to play it. And have you, oh, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but have what? you guys seen, it's on, ABC uploaded it onto YouTube, a little teaser from the third oh, season no. with the little no, doll. No, I have seen it yet. With the, little, with the little doll. Have any of you guys seen it? No. No. Oh, I did. Yeah, you did. Oh, my God. God, it's it it's cute? great, and 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 the little tease is oh my God, it's like heartbreaking, and you see Rumple, oh. okay, you see Rumple in Rumple's clothing, you know that the crocodile, uh-huh. but he's gold. Now, okay. Oh, interesting. 
Okay. All Yeah, all he's right. like both. But Wait. I love Okay, so you have the complete and total gorgeousness of that costume. Yes, I love that costume so much. And you have the complete Sorry, this is in part for you. This part isn't for you, Jimmy. The complete and total sexiness of gold. <laughs> Why is that not for me? I don't understand. <laughs> the, the complete and utter handsomeness of gold, um, but but in the rumple suit, and it's like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah. But anyway, um, oh, is that the picture that Robert? Yes, of the little doll. Yes, and so. The the little the little doll is the guy who is the guy who works for Peter Pan that we saw in the finale. Yeah, his name comes, is Felix. Felix comes to Rumple and gives him something. He, he he sees this doll and Rump and he says and 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 Rumple takes it up and he's holding it and he's not even able to even hold it together. He is like sobbing. And Felix says, oh, well, it's good to know that there is something that we can, that, that can make you cry or something, or make you weep. And it's like, oh, my gosh. It, it, it is like, who knows what that is from. Um, so that is, so, guys, you must go out onto YouTube. because so wait, ABC, so you said ABC Network uploaded? I believe I'm ABC, on, I believe ABC. I'm on their channel, I don't. Um, okay, you know what the title is? Yeah, hold on a second. Keep talking, guys, because I'm going to, um, uh, season three, uh, Rumpel. Okay, I'm going to see if I can find it. Uh, I'm on the ABC, I have ABC Network. Okay, here it is. All right, I'm going to, okay, so I'm going to actually, oops. Sorry, um, I'm going to actually, oh, it wasn't ABC that did it. I'm sorry, but I am going to post oh, no it wonder. to YouTube. So hang on, I'm going to post it, guys. Okay, yay. There it yeah, is. Yeah, I know, I hope Jane, Jane Essence and Ron, that would be good. It is, it is pretty, it is a pretty, it's pretty cool. So you guys all have to go there and watch it, but um, it's it's pretty amazing. So if you're, if, you're listening, if you're listening to the show, um, on the podcast, it which says, many, many people do. If you do, if you Google YouTube Once Upon a Time Season 3 Rumple, it's called Once Upon a Time Season 3 First Sneak Peek. And it is um, it is uh, posted by somebody named PLLFanFR. So, so I don't know who so that is. He's, he's gold, but he's in his Rumpel he's in his outfit. I yeah. see it now. Huh? I'm watching it. That is true. Yeah. I keep that expecting is... him to be all like scaly and stuff. No, because they're in he's... Neverland, obviously. He's 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 all handsome, like like golden. Oh, he looks so good. Oh my god. Yeah. Like he, needs to go see he looks like a knight. He's very. He looks like a knight. He does. Oh, he really does love look it. like a knight. He um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Robert tweeted that that little doll has been following him around. It's almost like a little voodoo doll. And I'm like, what what is that? Yeah, it's really a freaky little doll. And I'm like, what is that? Very scary little doll. Um, So I have no idea. It's obviously got some incredible, incredible um, 
significance to Rumpel. Whether it belonged oh to Faye, it could have belonged to Balefire. It could have belonged uh, to him from when he was a child. That's what my thought is. I think it might might belong to him when he was a child because that would be. make sense. And does that uh, mean that sometime during season three, we're going to get some background um, about Rumpel's early life? Uh, you know, as as Adam and Eddie and Robert all told me at Comic Con, um, this is going to be a real. The first several episodes are a real journey for Rumpel. And I am so thrilled that they are focusing so much on his character. Yeah. The beginning of the season. You know, because he, I think you know, there were a lot of people that were complaining in season two. Because that there, because, there wasn't enough of Rumble. Yeah, there wasn't enough. I mean, especially right. of Rumble, but, but even just of him. You know, of because, Rumpel like I said, Yeah, Rumble himself. And I mean, like, he... The the ones that were so rumple centric, I mean, Crocodile and Miller's Daughter and, you know, like the ones that, they they were great, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And because everybody was so split at the beginning of the season, it just kind yeah. of screwed everything up. That's what I feel. Right, right. And, and it took and the main cast. And it took the yeah. main cast out of the main action. And now with the main exactly. cast, uh, Rumble's, Rumble fans notwithstanding, um, to see the main cast. And what I mean by the main cast is um, Emma, Snow, Regina, Charming, and Rumpel. And, yes, we have we have um, Hook in there. But it's his ship. <laughs> so Exactly. So he has to be on this. He has. Yeah, I keep getting the feeling that Rumpel's going to be just hanging around in the jungle, you know, kind of departing from their company almost as soon as he gets there. You know, yeah, to go I, off and do what he needs to do, period. Yeah, I mean, he really is going to, uh, I think there's a reference in the teaser, too, to um, his, uh, oh, oh, you know, oh, oh, that's right. Felix says to him, you know you're not going to come out of this alive. Right. Or something like that. And Rumpel says, well, that goes without saying. Right. That I'm like, not, not going to, I'm not. I'm not going to – he says, I'm prepared for this. I'm not going to survive this. I know that already. And he has, he has got to do this to honor Balefire's name because he believes Balefire is dead. And um, I really um, – I definitely, you know, I think that there's going to be it, – it's going to be – I think it's going to be an amazing beginning of the season. I can't wait. Um, I know. I'm so excited. The 26th, right? The 26th. 29th. Or 29th. No, the 29th is that Sunday is going to be crazy because it's going to be Once Upon a Time Revenge, which is going to be epic this year. I cannot oh. wait. Oh, by the way, I uh, heard just today that um, they're doing uh, one of those specials uh, the hour before called uh, um, Once Upon a Time Journey to Neverland. I don't know oh, if it's good. a preview. Like a recap, maybe a preview recap. Or a recap, topic. but, yeah, I've heard there is going to be a thing starting at oh, 7 o'clock, cool. you know. Sunday's going to cool. be a busy day is all I know this fall. <laughs> it is. Crazy. It's going to be a really – there's all sorts of other stuff that's premiering. 
uh, what is, it, is it Boardwalk Empire that's premiering that night as well? I think so, yeah. Uh, in fact, I just got an email well, from HBO asking me if I want uh, a set of the first five episodes. Um, so um, I'm not sure if I'm going to go for that. Be but, um, and the new show Betrayal that ABC is doing absolutely well, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of shows I'm that. looking forward to. I'm looking forward to um, Helix on Sci-Fi. I'm looking forward to, um, a f- I'm, of course, I'm looking forward to uh, Wonderland. Um, yeah, Wonderland. Oh my God. There's a couple of NBC shows that I'm looking forward to as well. So there's a bunch of TV that I'm really looking forward to. And Revolution, I guess, has been revamped. According yeah, oh, to oh, oh I, have, I have all the scoop on Revolution, and I've been oh, holding back. Oh, you need back. to tell me. I'm dying. I have been you. holding back. I'm going to publish an article on, with my interview. It is, it is, okay, teaser, do a little teaser, because I haven't published the interviews and anything, because I interviewed Billy Burke, and I interviewed yeah, I know. Um, everyone, I interviewed anything. the whole gang, so um, my teaser for Revolution is that it is focused, it is going to be very focused, it is going to take place in one small Texas town, rather than being all scattered, and it is... It's going to be amazing. I'm really, really, the the power's back on. It won't stay on for very long. It won't stay on for very long. That's what I was going to say. It's not going to stay on. And so it's really exciting. So, yes, I will be coming out with a whole series of articles on Revolution, but I just haven't done it yet. Um, So um, they're going to revolutionize the show. And actually, we're about out of time. Oh, my gosh, already? We're almost out of time. So um, this has been fun. This has been a fun show um, tonight. And next Monday night, being as it is Labor Day, we are. I'm probably not going to be on next Monday night, so we're going to skip a week. And I'll be on. Back. Okay. Mm-hmm. You'll be on. <laughs> you want to do? I'll be on. I'll just be sitting here in the empty chat room by myself. There you go. Um, so we will not be on next week. Tell your friends, guys. Um, but we'll be on in two weeks. I'm going to the Renaissance Fair on Sunday. My birthday is Friday. So we're going oh, to the is. Renaissance Fair. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. I'm going to go to the Ren Fair and I'm. Uh... Oh, your homework. Oh my gosh. What should you be watching? Oh, yeah. What episode are we we... Now? I you really like Tallahassee. Let's do Tallahassee. Oh, now. Tallahassee, yes. Okay. Tallahassee. Tallahassee is it. All right. I'm going to say good night because we are out of time. And all I'll right. see you all next week. Tallahassee it is. Have a, uh, have Bye, a great everyone. time. See you in two weeks. Have Bye. a good weekend.